0: Dude, I literally watched hockey for like 11 hours straight. It was awesome.
1: And Tim Parrish. Brett Burns' beard needs to have an award named after him. Yeah, Brett Burns' beard award. I think they should go to somebody.
0: We're going into ridiculousness over here.
1: Going off the rails.
0: This is the Puck Junk Podcast. Hello and welcome to a long overdue return of the Puck Junk Podcast. I'm Sal Berry. Along with me is Tim Parrish, and uh, we uh, we're we're gonna restart, or we're currently restarting the Puck Junk Podcast as you listen to this right now. Um, lots of things went on over the last couple of years that just kept me away from podcasting, but I got all that stuff behind me now, and uh, and. We're back and hopefully for, for good this time, knock on wood, we will um do this uh I'm hoping once a week. So uh Tim, how you doing over there in uh over the border in Indiana?
1: Over the border. Over Usually the border. Usually when you say over the border, you mean Canada. So I suppose right. Indiana's a lot like Canada though. Um I'm doing great. I'm fantastic. If I was any better, I'd be twins. <laughs>
0: The Sedin twins, or the uh, Sutter twins.
1: Uh, either or, they both have millions of dollars.
0: I don't know about Rich and Ron. Even though his name's Rich Sutter, I don't think he was Rich Sutter. I think those are back when those guys were making a hundred k or two hundred k. But uh, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So uh, today, just to kind of ease back into the whole podcasting thing, we're going to talk about the new Upper Deck MVP set. Uh, it came out about a month ago. Um, Tim got a box. I got a couple of boxes. Um, did you buy any at retail, or did you just open the hobby box you got?
1: Um, I believe we got a blaster box retail, and we also uh, tore through some rack packs.
0: Oh, okay. So... so you have more uh, like a more nuanced uh understanding of it because of uh, or not the understanding but like you know if you just buy retail packs you get a certain allotment of short prints and hard to get cards and stuff like that and if you buy um you know retail or hobby boxes rather then you you tend to get more of the short prints and stuff like that so it's it's good to mix it up um so uh what did you think of this year's mvp set by the way just want to uh throw out there really quick eight cards per pack uh hobby box has 20 packs uh i think they're selling i don't know maybe 75 dollars or 80 dollars uh, a hobby box maybe less i know my local store was selling them for about four bucks a pack and obviously it's cheaper if you buy them online or you buy a buy a full box of them but uh what what did you think of this year's mvp
1: i'll tell you this before before we get too far into it those prices you quoted i don't know where you're buying them but us over here across the border we're paying a lot less than that for those boxes i was gonna say I i got one i picked one up from a hobby shop for under 50 bucks
0: Oh, okay. So, well, then maybe I was um, incorrect about that. I could have sworn I saw them for four bucks a pack at a local shop, and I just you may it, have,
1: you may okay. very well have, and that's that's not entirely out of the question mm-hmm. um, for being the first set of the year every year. This is always one of those ones where, you know, people are, you know, have a hankering for some new hockey cards, and this is the first set of the year, so um, I think this year's set. When I opened the first pack, I was kind of surprised, because I was expecting to see a certain thing, and I didn't see that. Um, The last few years, MVP has had that kind of brownish-tan design color to it, Mm -hmm. and lo and behold, this year's color is some sort of mint green, bluish, silverish, I don't even know how to describe the color, color.
0: Fish scale yeah.
1: color, almost.
0: Yeah, fish scale. Um, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a d- good description.
1: Yeah. Um. And so, you know, the design pattern. It's not going to blow anybody away by any means, just because this is an entry level set. What they would consider a, you know, a low end set, but it is kind of nice to bust out and take a look at some of the newer, um, the newer stuff that's out there. I think, you know, MVP is kind of stuck, or at least upper deck is stuck to the same. General design for MVP over the years where you have a lot of the card Rather than full bleed borders like they generally do on their base sets Mm -hmm. of series one or series two you generally have a lot of busyness going on in the borders and you know a large MVP logo slapped on the bottom and Mm -hmm. the name and everything else so a lot of the design part of the card is taken up rather than um, the picture, but It was nice to see something other than that plain brown wrapper color like they have been the last few years.
0: Now, I'll tell you what I liked about MVP this year. Uh, The the first thing, and I think they actually made this change last year, but I didn't really buy packs of it last year. Uh, For a little while, for a couple of years, MVP did this thing where they did three different tiers. Normally, it'd be like the first 200 cards were the base set. And then the last 50 or so cards were um, were the short printed rookie cards. What they did for a few years is they would do something where like cards one through 100 were like super common and then 100 through maybe 200 or maybe it was one through 90 and 91 through 180 or something like that were uncommon And then you had the short print. So you basically you had three different tiers of cards. So that first 90 or a hundred cards would be kind of like your second or third line guys. And then maybe the next hundred cards would be like your very best players. And then the last 50 cards would be the rookie cards. And I didn't like that because what was happening was you were basically, it was like having three different sets, like, I'll buy a base set if it's missing rookie cards. I don't care. If I just want the base set and it's cheap and I like the cards, that's fine. But then I saw a lot of ones were selling, like, cards 1 through 100 for, like, next to nothing. And then it'd be like, okay, it doesn't have Kane, Taves, Ovechkin, Crosby, Matthews, McDavid. But, you know, it'll have Dreisaitl, and it'll have Seabrook, and it'll have Kessel, and it'll have maybe marner i mean marner's a superstar but you get the idea where like the superstars were in like that second tier where they were like the short prints and then the rookies were the super short prints did you pick up on that a couple years ago when they were doing that um when
1: they would split them a few years ago yeah um you know it's kind of been the last uh, at least this year if you count this year being 1920 and then the 1819 and the 1718s um you have the base set being a um focused around- more around two hundred guys mm-hmm. um followed by another fifty um that are um i think there's are they split this year between high numbers and and um or not high numbers between uh rookies and like veteran players, what you would consider the stars, I don't or is it think all so. rookies? So I think
0: the last 50 are all rookies. Let me, are they all rookies? Yeah, let me okay. pull, pull up, uh, not to advertise, but let me pull up good old Cardboard Connection for a minute because they always got the checklist. And I actually pulled up the checklist earlier somewhere in one of these many, many myriads of browser tabs. Uh, well, anyway, somewhere around here. I have. Um, uh, here we go.
1: See, I thought it was like twenty-five of them were like superstar cards, and then the other twenty-five were rookies. But I could. Here be we wrong. go. Uh, twenty nineteen
0: nineteen twenty MVP set checklist. Let me just take a look here. So it looks like. Oh yeah, base set short print. Yeah, you are correct for nineteen twenty. Yeah, two hundred one Henrik Lundqvist, two hundred two Joe Thornton, two hundred three Steve Stamkos, two hundred four Patrick Kane. Yeah, okay. Um, not so you are
1: gonna so you are gonna see that you know that super a few of those superstars thrown into that higher end. Not as many as you saw before, and you know I would I would uh, I can take it or leave it. I guess you know short prints seem to be the thing even in the lower. The lower quality products. Yeah, but tiered
0: short prints, that's that's like some black diamond stuff, and I just don't want that, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, the black diamond, when it was actually affordable in a regular product, um, Mm -hmm. was always that very thing. You had the single diamond, double diamond, triple diamond, quad diamond, Mm -hmm. and you had that whole intermixing of, okay, who's going to be in which set, and you always had... You know, some of the veteran players, some of the Hall of Famers mixed with, you know, middle of the road guys in the bottom. Mm-hmm. You had the second and the third tier mixed with the basic third tier rookies, followed by the quads that always had, you know, your higher end rookies along with, well, Black Diamond used to do the, the all star game alternate jersey. Mm-hmm. for a lot of those but yeah you you don't really see that in the mvp but you do see you know some short printing with some of the rookies in the higher end so it's not as prevalent as it was in years past that's for sure
0: so uh okay so i'm i'm glad about that i'm I'm glad that it's the 200 and then 50 that's not too bad that's not impossible i've been able to complete 250 card sets with 50 short prints Um, not the easiest, but not the hardest either. So I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm actually happy with that. Uh, I'll tell you what I really like. I do like the base set design. Um, like you said, it's different. It's not the greatest, but it's different and I'm okay with that. I I do wish the MVP logo was a little bit smaller, but you Mm -hmm. know, yeah, it just, it, it takes up the thing that I noticed with like a lot of hockey cards. And this is like a problem with like hockey cards. Think about it this way. Where is the ba- okay think of a um think of a football player where is the football usually is it above the guy's waist or below the guy's waist it's usually up right they're making a throw they're making a catch right they're trying to pick whatever basketball they're taking a shot they're making a pass whatever hands up ball is up baseball you know the batter uh, the bat is up the ball is up hockey it's down on the ground their stick is down the puck is down And I know that a lot of these cut off their feet, but I feel that like one of the challenges with hockey cards is that uh, you, because a lot of action happens along the ice or it happens low, when you have that logo there, it covers up a lot of um, potential action. And that's one problem I struggle with when you have like an MVP logo towards the bottom or a victory logo or some sort of logo there.
1: I've I've actually never thought about it that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In that the focus, the sport focus, is generally on what the player is doing with, for lack of a better word, the scoring device. Whether mm-hmm. it's the football, the baseball, I the never m- really outfit. even thought of it the that m- way. Outfit. But yeah, 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 yeah. So you've got you do have that you you have the nhl player photos focused on you know if it was focused on the puck it'd be focused on that but generally most of the photos in hockey are some sort of midsection, mm-hmm. you know knees to head type shot where mm-hmm. it's not showing the puck. i mean obviously every every picture would mostly be a zoomed out picture if you were going to try to get the whole entire player you know with the puck or something like that, or it would have to be zoomed in and they'd be crouched down. So it'd be kind of a weird shot, you know, obviously with upper deck, having the sole license for doing the product, you have a limitation on the photos that can be used on the cards. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to throw their best, best work onto, you know, the 50 $60 box of cards. True you know, generally, yeah, they're, that for yeah, and generally their their better photos are gonna start off showing up in the series one, um followed by some of the other you know some of the other sets going through through the rest of the year because we always look and we see that some of those base shots um, in series one are always classic, mm-hmm. so
0: yeah, they're pretty awesome. Uh, so I, so, I,
1: I think yeah. some of these some of these photos are probably taken with the sole idea that, hey, these are going to be on our MVP or these are going to be on our OPG or these are going to be on our, you know, our retail version of SP or something like that.
0: Right, right. So I'll tell you uh, another thing that I like. I really like the Stanley Cup edition throwback parallels. Did, did you uh, did you get a lot of those in your boxes?
1: Uh I believe I got four in one box. Mm-hmm. I got four in another box. Mm-hmm. And I actually got a got a lot of a lot LOT um that I bought of uh, a whole bunch of like inserts and stuff like that and strangely enough somebody threw Whoever I bought these from threw a bunch of those in there. So I ended up with a little handful of Additional ones too. I think they're really cool. I like them. They you know, obviously they're the same design as the uh, Mm -hmm. 99-2000 MVP Stanley Cup Edition, which was a very popular set I mean, there's still collectors out there that I know of to this day that are still trying to put that full set together What Um, I'm
0: noticing is that um just looking side by side. So like MVP Stanley cup edition from 99, 2000 used like a gold or like a, like a bronze colored uh, foil. And these are using a silver colored foil. And then also putting a, a, a signature in front of it, almost like a silver script parallel. Right. And so, I mean, that's okay. It doesn't have to be spot on. Um, I didn't so which, mind it. Which I were didn't... those
1: ones that you just held up there?
0: So this is this is a Paul Korea from ninety nine two thousand Stanley that's, Cup edition.
1: That's the original one. That's the original, okay. and then
0: this is Phil Kessel from, uh, or I should say, Arizona Coyote Phil Kessel and hot dog eating champ, um, uh, Phil you, Kessel. You,
1: you mean two time Stanley Cup winning Stanley uh, Phil Kessel
0: and Masterton Trophy winner Phil <laughs> Kessel. That's that as well. Uh-huh. Um, on, and and uh, so it's got that silver signature at the bottom, like a silver script. And, yes. uh, you know, what was funny was that I think I pulled like every possible parallel of Phil Kessel because I got like this version. And then let's see if I got I like, got like this version of Phil Kessel. Ooh, it's like, yeah, I know. Is that it's the nice. color
1: and contour one?
0: Yeah, it's got color and it's got contours. So what's it must... that
1: numbered out? Is that numbered out 249?
0: Mm, something. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. 249.
1: Yeah, I only pulled one of those, and it was a Colin Blackwell who? rookie.
0: Oh, Yeah, well, yeah exactly, exactly. Well, okay. No, and Colin that's, you know,
1: Blackwell is a rookie. He's like a, a young prospect for Nashville, and, okay, and that's what I pulled.
0: That's actually a really good point that we could talk about, is the, who are the rookies that they're putting in the set? And without reading you a list of them, I mean, I think one reason why I don't flock towards these early season releases is because – they're going to have the leftover rookies, as I call them, from the previous season. And it's hard to get excited about the, the most of those guys. And then they don't even bother to update the set. Like, at least, like, Opeechee has an update, and anything with a Series 2 or an update series is awesome in my book. But when you have a set of hockey cards come out in August, and then, okay, there's one redemption card for, like, Jack Hughes, and then that's it. Like You don't get, you know, you're not going to get Phil Kessel in the Arizona Coyotes jersey, or you're not going to get any rookie who makes his debut other than Hughes. And that's like a really tough pull to get that redemption card. I actually got one, which is funny because really, yeah, something like it's something like one in every like 1400 packs. I said that to my girlfriend and she just seemed unimpressed, obviously, because there's no talent in pulling a, a redemption card. You just, you know you get a box and it either has it or it doesn't have it. And uh, that was uh... In my
1: experience. There's lots of skill involved. So really leave that.
0: Yeah. See, so it says I am entitled to this card. So I need to, I need to redeem it. Not in really a real hurry because, um, you know, I'll do it
1: tomorrow. I have at least 18 months, right before they expire.
0: Well, not only that, but he has to play in a game, and then they have to make a card of him. I mean they'll probably use something from the rookie photo shoot, but still um I, if it was like a numbered card, like I remember I want to say it was I forgot what year it was. it was James Van Dreamdyke's rookie year because I got a redemption card for like a parallel version of his rookie card and it said, you know, numbered to 15. And I, I sent that in right away and I got number one out of 15. Because as soon as I saw it was numbered, I'm like, oh, I hope I get number one out of 15. And, you know, sure enough, I redeemed it. And then when it came, it was number one out of 15. And so I was I was pretty psyched about that. But if it's just like an open-ended, non-print run, you know, uh, I'll, uh, except for that Ali Mata card that I forgot about for two years and then I redeemed I didn't redeem I scratched it and it didn't work and and it's funny because then he played for your team for a while and now he's on my team and neither of us got the Ali Mata rookie jersey autograph whatever card because I literally just forgot about it it just sat in a stack for like two years
1: so that redemption is that is that specific for is that like the ones that they've done in the past for the conference rookies no is that just just specifically for quinn hughes
0: just for uh was it quinn hughes or jack hughes
1: should be quinn if it's a rookie
0: oh okay did i say jack
1: yeah you might have i don't know hang on the hughes are turning into the sutters we're never gonna keep them straight
0: oh no we will i'm just gonna look this up really quick
1: because i think because quinn hughes is a short print one of Jack the high number short print. No,
0: Jack Hughes is uh, an American ice hockey forward, currently playing for the New Jersey Devils of the National Hockey League. Thank you, Wikipedia. First yeah. overall by the Devils in the 2019 draft. So, yes, yeah, so Jack Hughes. You don't know Jack. Hughes.
1: Yeah, Jack is on the Stanley Cup winning New Jersey Devils. Because if you listen to the radio, basically everybody's already crowning them. So, high hopes this year. Yeah. With that lineup that they've got now. So what so, exactly does it say on that card?
0: This card may be redeemed for a 2019 NHL first dra- number one draft pick trading card. And then there's fine print on the back, which I'm not even gonna. But uh, that's it, basically it, the gist of it.
1: So it says the number one draft pick or yeah. a number one draft pick?
0: For a, oh, for a number one draft pick. But I think they mean the number one because they're not saying a first round draft pick. They're saying a they're saying a number one draft pick trading card. So they mean a trading card of the number one draft pick. Okay. not the number two draft pick or not the number three draft pick.
1: So that must be that must be a separate. Possibly a separate card other than the standard numbered cards that are in the set, because Quinn Hughes is on the list. I mean, he's like number 248 no, no, two forty-eight. No, no, this 50. is for
0: Jack Hughes. Oh. Yeah, the Devil, the the guy who's drafted first overall.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Why do I keep saying Quinn? Because Quinn's I, in the set. That's why. I
0: don't know. You know, they were both pictured together on the hockey news um, in the on the newest issue. They're they're pictured together. So uh, that's gotcha. that's pretty cool. But uh, so I like the Stanley Cup edition parallels, and I got to tell you, I really like the puzzle back variants. I don't like the one side because all the copyright junk is like right in the middle, almost in the middle of the card. I'll hold that up here, like right, you know, again, like more stuff that we just don't need cluttering the photo. So this isn't really necessarily like an exciting to look at card because the first time I saw that, I'm like couple years ago, I thought it was like a misprint or something. Well, first I was mad because I'm like, oh, I got two of this card. Oh, man, I got 20 doubles. That sucks, right? And then when I like took another look, then I was like, oh, um, huh, that's weird. Why is the card number there? And then I flipped it over and I saw it had a puzzle. I'm like, oh, that's cool. See, back in the 80s when I would buy non-sport card sets by Tops. They would always do a puzzle. They would always... Do you remember that? Like, I'm a little older than you, so you probably don't remember, like, the Return of the Jedi cards.
1: Oh, I remember.
0: There'd be, like, however many cards per pack, and then the stick of gum, and then a sticker. And the backside of the sticker, the sticker back, would have part of a puzzle.
1: Yeah.
0: And I loved those puzzles, and I was... Just like
1: Garbage Pail Kids.
0: Yeah, I you know, I wasn't in the Garbage Pail Kids so much back in the day, but, I mean... I liked non-sport cards. I mean, I remember buying uh, Empire Strikes Back. Really, my mom bought them for me. I was too young to buy cards. But Empire and Jedi, and I remember buying, um, what was it? A couple years later, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Batman movie and uh, Gremlins 2 and Ghostbusters 2. And some of those sets, like, even if I didn't, finish the set of cards I would always try to complete a puzzle and so I like that I I just I liked the idea of like these smaller cards making up a bigger card and like if I had like the time and the uh, I guess the ambition I would like get images of all of them and make like a game where you could like swap swap like where you have like Alex Ovechkin's head but Sidney Crosby's torso you know like card number one from Kane's puzzle and card number two from Ovechkin's puzzle. And, you know, like make an amalgam of like the different players um, with the puzzle pieces. That'd be kind of funny, but uh, I like the puzzle backs.
1: And I I agree. I think it's a good idea. Um, It kind of mixes things up a little bit to keep a normal low end product a little more interesting. Um, However, they're not that much fun when you're trying to put the whole sets together. Because this is if you true. would actually count them as part of the set, um, it's already hard enough to find um, secondary sales for a low-end product like this. Um, but then also try to fish through boxes and boxes of cards looking for puzzle backs specifically. Because most, let's face it, most people don't pay attention or even look at them and realize, oh, this isn't a normal card, uh, so it should be in a different box. but. You know, the fact that you only get, I believe, what is it, four or six in a box? Something like that. As far as puzzle pieces go. Mm -hmm. um, It'll take you quite a while to be able to put one together. Um, I believe there are 20. Does that sound right? 20 different puzzles?
0: Yeah, I think there's like nine per player and i want to say yeah i want to say it's something like that it you know and you're right about uh people not even noticing because when i went to the national uh i went for all five days so i was able to spend a lot of time sifting through boxes and you know sometimes it's just about what you might find and i somebody had like dime cards and yeah they had the puzzle packs in there with the mvp base cards and i was pulling them out for a dime a piece and i was like oh this is a nice find you know um this is from a set from a couple years ago but still same idea uh because was... they are
1: short printed and that's that's you're not going to find those as prevalent as you are the regular you know the regular base cards. so when you find those flip through there that's definitely something that At least in my mind, shouldn't be in those checklists. However, if there's any dealers listening, leave them in those boxes.
0: Yeah, please. Just leave all the short prints in there. Did you feel that there were too many different parallels and inserts in the set? Or did you you like that? Because I actually kind of like the... I opened like four or five packs in a row. And each pack had... Or like the first four or five I opened in a row had a insert or a rookie card or parallel. And I kind of liked that. And then, then I opened a pack and it was just eight base cards. And I was just like, Oh, that that's kind of, that's not as much fun. So I kind of almost want this set to have like one parallel short print or insert per pack. But you said when you're obviously, when you're trying to build a set that becomes annoying, what are your thoughts? Do you feel like this set had, uh, too many, too few, or just right?
1: Well, that's obviously going to be part of a box because nobody buys a box just to get a bunch of base cards. I mean, let's face it, the world we live in, I mean, we go to these shows and we see it all the time. People open boxes and they throw the base cards in the trash. Right. So that's the world we live in now. Those of us that are trying to put sets together and do that kind of thing, we live on our own little island. So let me get that out of the way first. The. The idea of us busting open these packs and looking through here and saying, oh, you know, I fell short of a full set by X number of cards because I have all these inserts here. Well, that's part of the allure of the set. Um, You know, this targeting at a lower end, I don't I don't want to use the cliched term that this is targeted at kids. But if you want to say this is an entry level kid edition into hockey, then. A kid's not going to want a bunch of base cards. Yeah, they're going to want to find their favorite player and see that, but that can only goes so far. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to see these anniversary editions with these silver scripts. They're going to want to see you know, the, the rookie cards with the silver scripts. They're going to want to see the color and contours. They're going to want to see numbered cards, which I thought was really good that they numbered the color and contours rather than just making them a certain color. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to want to see the shiny on the laser shots. I don't know if you got any of the laser shot inserts out of there, I did. but yeah. they're su- they're super shiny and have kind of a rainbow foil background. Um, same thing with the net crashers. Mm-hmm. You turn those to the light. They're almost like a prism card. They have the nice rainbow back Supernovas, Same thing. So MVP's kind of up the game a little bit,
0: mm-hmm. I think
1: on some of these inserts because they're not just plain old inserts. Mm-hmm. They've got some backgrounds. They've got some, They've got some shiny to kind of give them a little more um you know or a little to less. Make them a little more peeling. Yes, yeah, yeah, I agree. Exactly. So I don't mind that. Um and I also, you know, the other thing too is when you get into the production of these cards, I don't want to see them bombarded with inserts. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see, you know, every pack, okay, I got three cards and then I got this a blue color of this and a red color of that and this insert and this parallel. I don't want all of that in there. You know, if there's one in every pack and it's either a rookie card or a short print, plus every three packs might have something else. in. That's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that there was a laser shots insert, a net net crashers insert, um, and a supernova. I don't know that there was another one. Those were the only ones that I found Mm -hmm. in any of the boxes I got um
0: oh and then the silver scripts
1: well yeah the silver script parallels i think there was supposed to be like was it like blue liner set i haven't seen any of those
0: i got this and at first blush i thought it was actually autographed it's uh it's numbered to five though it's like a um i don't know what it is it's just like it's numbered to five it's numbered to this one is numbered two out of five so and, that's a
1: superscript and it's black right and
0: it's black
1: yeah that's a superscript and so those are hobby only those are a hobby only insert yep um they're all numbered out of five yep um they've been doing mvp's been doing superscripts for a long time
0: mm-hmm. they've been
1: included but they've been so hard to pull i
0: mean very rare well i pulled one and i actually thought it was an autograph and then i did a double take and i'm like yeah. oh no that's just uh fat you know facsimile and and sure. uh I, you know, and actually, I, I, I'm, I'll tell you one thing that disappoints me, uh, and this doesn't have, to, well, this has to, a little bit to do with player selection, is that this was Linus Olmark, and he was actually the backup last year for Buffalo. Carter Hutton was the starting goalie for Buffalo, and I collect his cards. So it's like he's had like scant cards here and there because the guy was like a backup or he wouldn't even be a backup. He'd be like a call up who would sit on the bench, but not play in any games. And then, you know, finally he started getting some cards when he was with like he had rookie cards in 1011 and then he didn't have any NHL cards until he started playing for the Predators and then the Blues and, you know, he'd usually be featured with the Blues um, cause they're a little, maybe he played a little bit more is maybe a little bit more mainstream of a player by then. But so like he played with Buffalo last year, so I'm thinking, cool, he's going to be in like every damn set this year. And here, sure enough, I get this card and it's a Sabres goalie and it's Linus Olmark. And I'm just like, why did they make the card of this Sabres goalie and not the one who was like the number one goalie? Cause I would have actually been really excited to get a... Stanley Cup edition, parallel of his card, and a color and contours version of of Carter Hutton, and like all these different, like you know, I got like eight different Phil Kessel's, and I'm like, man, now if that was a player that I collected, I'd be like, yeah, this is pretty cool to have all these parallels, cause it's it's kind of neat. But uh, yeah, I guess I was maybe a little um a little down on that, and maybe that's one of my complaints about MVP is that it, it's not a super big set, so you're only gonna get like. But you got 200 cards and you got 30 teams, 30, 60, 90, 120, 150, 180. Okay, 31 teams. So you're going to get like six or seven or eight players per team. So you're not going to get everybody, obviously. But you're not even going to get half of everybody.
1: And if we're talking about the Buffalo checklist, there's only five.
0: Oh, well, there you go. Yeah.
1: Eichel Skinner, Sam Reiner, the one you got, and Rasmus Deline. That's it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: I, I think they added uh, Alex Nylander as part of the Global Series mm-hmm. um, cards. But other than that, that was all they have in the whole checklist. And and you're right, you're not going to get that. Um, if you're a team like the Flames, who have a lot of up-and-coming young guys, mm-hmm. I mean, the Flames have eight. So mm-hmm. in the just in the base set, if you're counting the all 250 cards, they have eight cards. Um, but, you know, a team like Buffalo doesn't... Uh, I guess doesn't pop up on the radar when it comes to that kind of stuff. And here here's the here's what's even funnier. Mm-hmm. Um think about the teams that would have lots and lots of superstars that should be covered. Um Blue Jackets are probably not high on your list, but mm-hmm. the Blue, the Blue Jackets have 13 cards in the base set. Wow. Yeah. So, well, two it, of those
0: which Brokowski includes two rookies. And, yeah. Oh, and then two rookies. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah.
1: Which includes two rookies, but still. I mean, and again, you go back and you look at it, and you're like, oh, let's see. Knowing what we know now, Matt Duchesne's gone, and Bob's gone, and Panarin's gone, Yeah. and Dezingle's gone. So, I mean, none of those guys are on the team anymore, but at the time of printing, and at the time that, you know, obviously Upper Deck has to get all of their photos and and everything done up for their uh printing Mm -hmm. you know that's kind of what they went with so yeah you're right you can't have them all but in a set that this that's this size um you know that's what you're gonna have i haven't looked at the opici checklist maybe he's in there
0: oh i'm sure he is i'm i haven't even thought that far i i know opici's come out but i just haven't really i really haven't gone full in on collecting yet i'm still kind of uh Still, just kind of in like summer mode, and not quite like it's hockey season. Even though it's going to be hockey season really, really soon. Let me ask you this though: Did you buy MVP last year? I did. 1819. I did. Did you try to finish a set?
1: I'm still working
0: on it. Did you know that Upper Deck came out with a factory set of 1819 I, MVP?
1: I did. Um, How
0: does that make you feel?
1: Um. <sighs>
0: Well, while you think I, I about
1: that, I, I mean, here, go, go, go ahead. So I'll, here's what I'm going to say. Formulate my answer here.
0: I it was, it was, it was late at the end of last season. Maybe it was the 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 finals. We're at Target, and I'm looking at all the baseball sets. There's the Tops baseball factory set, and then there's the Donruss football factory set, and there's like all these different factory sets. I think Tops puts out a couple of different baseball sets. I'm not sure, but um.
1: Yeah, they every retailer has, like, their own version.
0: Okay, so. so, but I'm looking, and I'm saying to myself, I wish hockey cards would come out in a factory set, and I'm looking, and there's the... And I'm just, like, I just... I remember, like, saying that, like... And then as I'm looking at the blaster boxes of the upper deck hockey cards, I see one of them is sideways, and it's $30. And I go, why is that blaster box sideways? And then I pull it out, and I'm like oh, this blaster box is heavy. It's not a blaster box. It's a it's a complete set of cards, you know? And, and I actually, I'll hold up the box here for you to see. But, um, you know, it's about the size of a blaster. And then I was like, okay, it has the 200 base cards. It has right. the 50 short printed. And then it had a bonus pack that had, like, another four or five cards where they did, like, five cards from players from like i don't know if they said eastern conference or western conference or if it was by division what does this say this says western stars five so i guess it was yeah western. you'll
1: get you'll get one of each there's a um well, there's was like a, yeah there's like a star rookie pack uh-huh. There's a western conference there's uh-huh. an eastern conference so and it's a, just it's five guys from in each in each box and it's random per per set.
0: So I was totally amped about getting I like, I was thrilled. I'm like, all right, 30 bucks for a complete set. It's got the rookie cards. It's got the base set. I was excited. I bought it without hesitation. Um, I was kind of feeling a little smug that I didn't buy any packs of MVP because I remember like back in like, I remember like 1990, 91, like building a Topps hockey set And then, like, seeing, like, the factory set and just being like, son of a gun, right? Like, why why did I buy all those packs to build a set? You know, but I'd always fall for it. You know what I mean? I mean, I even fell for it when I was a baseball collector. Because I remember buying 85 tops baseball and then seeing the factory set at Walgreens at, like, the end of the year up on, like, that top shelf that just seems so far away when you're, like, 10 years old. Like, oh, I can't reach it. But, like, then I'm thinking... Well, that's dumb. I bought all these cards, and I could have just gotten the full set. But then I'd fall for it. Oh, then the 86 baseball came out, and I was, like, so excited and buy them. And then, like, the end of the year. And so then after a while, I just kind of learned, yeah, just kind of wait and see. I know with this, it's really infrequent. I mean, the last factory set I remember Upper Deck putting out for hockey, and I might be wrong about this, but I want to say it was 2008-2009 Power Play which was like a set that was only sold in factory sets and then they did an update set which was kind of nice but it didn't it didn't come out in packs but I I bought them both I was psyched about that I mean I remember 2009 2010 Opeachy having an update set and I remember buying that with, without a hesitation like you know this is great um so I liked the MVP factory set from last year Well, how do you feel as somebody who tried to build the set and now there's a set that you can get for 30 bucks, which would probably cost less than maybe the the rookie cards that you need from it?
1: Uh, All right. So I see two different things here. So one, if you're a set builder and you're putting a set together, the thrill of the chase is, is kind of part of the deal. And I think that's why set collectors do what they do, because let's face it there's so much product that's out there now on the market and there's so many sources to get this product albeit box breakers you know group breakers um, dealers online whatever your source is to go to, to to get product there's a lot more now than there was before which means there's a lot more product out on the market so you're going and you're buying packs and you're buying packs and you're buying packs, trying to put it together. Well, there's a lot of more options out there to sit and wait, maybe a couple months, and then somebody's going to be like, "Oh, I already built this set because I bought a bajillion packs, and so I'm going to sell this set for X number of dollars." Well, mm-hmm. Upper Deck has now cut out that middleman. Saved you the time and said, here, we're going to box all 250 cards together and we'll let you buy all 250 cards. You don't have to buy a pack. Granted, you don't get the inserts. You don't get the shot at the redemptions. You don't get any of the parallels. You don't get any of that kind of stuff. But if you want the whole set, here's the whole set. However, in December when this came out last year, I saw it. I saw it online. And I'm like, what is this? Like, this is weird. This can't be real. And then I looked on Upper Deck's website, and I saw it on Upper Deck's website, and I thought, well, this is really strange. Like, why would they do this? And then I delve into it. The factory set, the cards are blue. The actual set, the cards are gold. They're different. They're completely different. Okay. Now, now, I don't want to say the pictures are looking. different. The design is the same. The pictures are the same. But the borders on the cards are blue.
0: Can you see, like that?
1: Like a bluish-gray color. Yeah,
0: okay, yeah.
1: So if you look at the actual MVP cards um, that were in retail boxes or, you know, hobby boxes, they have that that brownish-gray or brownish-gold border that I was originally talking about when we started this conversation.
0: Okay, I've been schooled, thank you. So
1: it's the retail factory set is a different it's a different card i guess it's a now, parallel yeah a well parallel. sure for lack of a better word it's another parallel it's a different color um
0: she had not buy them last year so i didn't know that they actually had the brown borders last yeah. year
1: yeah um and if i had if one, i did, I, already I...
0: Forgot. I might have done a break of them and already forgotten
1: what so... was the last year it was eighteen, nineteen? yeah hang on
0: yeah, no, that's I'm just going to talk to fill some time here while Tim digs so out. So, we'll
1: pull out oh. the uh, pull there out the handy pull out the handy dandy uh, book here. Uh-huh. And I'll flip to the old 1819 page. And if I just throw some of these up here if you can see them.
0: Oh know, yeah. It's gold. It's gold
1: nice gold borders here
0: yeah yeah yeah.
1: okay so that's what the base card look not like i said the design's the same the pictures the same everything looks the same but they're a different color now that's fine i mean that's great i'm sure there's other instances where that's not the case like for instance if they ever came out with an Opichi, um you know full set that you could buy retail i would i would be a moron if i didn't buy that because mm-hmm. how many years have I been putting together Opichi sets, and I still have yet to complete a single one? <laughs> I, I haven't. And that's been since 06. So from 2006 even... until now, there isn't has been a single year that I don't need zero cards. In not, even 12,
0: not even 1213?
1: Not even 1213. Because
0: that was the year I bought a case, and I was like generous, like here's a hundred doubles. I don't need them. Here's 200 base cards. I don't need them. Like, Oh,
1: well, if you want to look at my set list and see what I need and tell me if you got anything by all means,
0: probably looked at it 15 times. And I yeah, probably, you
1: probably have, you and you probably have, I had, but... or the, or the one year, what was it? 13 where they did that weird numbering and the printing and everybody had the same cards missing.
0: That was 13, 14. Yeah. yeah. There was some so... weird, like every 10th card, like yeah. 25, 35, 45, fifty five right. something like that was yeah. just.
1: if you bought a box of cards, every one of them either ended in two, five or seven or four six, or eight, or you know it was it was something something odd like that, so I have yet to complete it, but you're talking a a set that's six hundred seven hundred eight hundred mm-hmm. cards, depending on the year. It's a super huge set, and I don't mind trying to put it together, but at the same time that's expensive. So you go to the store and you say, oh, here's the whole set. This saves me time, this saves me money. Great. But my understanding was, when I first saw this, hey, yeah, this is it, but something's not right, and they're blue. I looked at the sell sheets for this year, and sure enough, the full set is supposed to come out right after, it's either right after or right before Series 1, and it's also going to be blue. So...
0: interesting okay so we have a retail version and a hobby well wait so now that's weird because you have cards that come in retail packs and you have cards that come in hobby packs and they look the same but now you have cards that come in a factory set which i mean i guess will also be sold at like da card world and like baseball card stores and stuff like that so you can't really call it a hobby version it's just the factory set version is yeah, different than the pack version
1: yeah anybody that's... that's anybody that's considered an authorized retailer for upper deck products is is eligible to carry it so
0: that's weird yeah, yeah. man that's that's well, okay i've i've learned a lot about mvp so um you ready to move on to the next thing? Are we are we MVP'd out? Can we can we talk about? Uh, I want to talk about stickers.
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Let's talk about stickers.
0: Okay, so Panini is no longer making a sticker album. They will not be making NHL stickers. Um, I know that they've made stickers. Okay, so getting back to Panini, as far as I recollect. The very first hockey album they made was a 1979 World Championship set, which has a lot of players that you've never heard of and will never hear of. Because not only did it have players from Canada, USA, and Russia and Sweden and Finland, it also had players from South Korea, Japan, Italy, Spain, um, lots of lots of countries. It basically had like uh, the second and third tier. World Championship teams. It's cool because it has stickers of guys like Vladislav Tretiak and Sergei Makarov, you know, long before he became an NHLer, and Valerie Karlamov, who never became an NHL player. And then um, it has, you know, some guys that you know from the NHL, like Marcel Dion, whatever. But okay, so that's the earliest Panini set. Then in the early 80s, Panini actually did the stickers... For Opichi, So those Opichi stickers in the 80s were actually manufactured by Panini. Same with those like Topps baseball stickers from like the 80s when they were on like that papery, uh, they were like on the paper sticker backs. Then in the late 80s, Opichi decided to do its own sticker set in-house. So 87, so before 87, 88, Panini was actually making the stickers on behalf of Opeachy. Then 8788, Opeachy came out with its own set and then Panini came out with its own set that was branded as Panini. And so they've actually, they've made a Panini hockey sticker set every year from 8788 to 1819, but not one year. I wanna say 0708, they skipped. It was I believe it was 0708 they skipped. There was just one year uh, for some, whatever reason they skipped. And then in, like, the 90s and the early 2000s, the Panini sticker sets were only sold in Europe. The NHL sticker sets were only sold in Europe. So, like, some of them are really hard to get. Um, but that's just... But it's still, there's, like, a sense of continuity there. And I, I, I started collecting with Opeechee Hockey in 80... Sorry, Panini Hockey stickers in 88, 89, because hockey cards were hard to find in Chicago in 89... But the local supermarket had everything Panini, whether it was My Little Pony or Barbie or He-Man or Transformers. Or in this case, they also had hockey, it had Mario Lemieux on the cover. And so I've always been a fan of Panini hockey stickers. Uh, I'm a little surprised that they're not going to be doing a sticker set next year. Tops is going to be doing the sticker set. It's going to be $629.00 stickers which is an odd number in more ways than one uh you're gonna get five stickers per pack 50 stickers per box so i mean you're gonna need like three boxes to even have a hope of um completing a set and i'm gonna assume that the packs are probably gonna be a buck a piece because that seems to be the threshold although it's funny because like the hockey shop that i go to to like get my skate sharpened or to buy tape or to buy a new stick or whatever they'll sell packs of uh cards and their their prices are like way more expensive than like what you'd expect so like a pack of stickers is like two dollars instead of one dollar um but yeah so i'm i'm surprised and also like kind of curious about how this is going to play out with tops and hockey stickers have have you paid much thought to this since the announcement
1: yeah and you you've nailed way more information than i ever ever could have pulled out of that i mean other than knowing that these were on their way um to the shelves and um probably mid what was it mid november 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 15th or something like that was the release date and how many stickers are going to be in there i've seen the mock-ups on the design Mm -hmm. um I was kind of excited when I heard that they were the tops was getting back into the sticker market. Cause you know, I've always liked the old top stickers where, you know, you could still find in, in, you know, nickel and dime bins and stuff like that. It shows, you'll occasionally see them floating around. Um, Plus the, uh, the old All-Star stickers that used mm-hmm. to be inserted into mm-hmm. the packs and stuff. So those were always cool. And I thought, oh, Topps is jumping back into the market. Hopefully their sticker set is going to be designed like a lot of their stuff on their skate app. Um, and so I was kind of excited to see what their design looked like. And then I saw it.
0: And it wasn't as cool as skate.
1: And I was going wah, wah. I heard the proverbial sad trombone sound and um here, here's the thing you're jumping back into a market of physical product you haven't been in this market for quite a long time you need people to pay attention you need people to wake up and be like oh look here's uh you know what happened to these and sure enough they're you know there's something new mm-hmm. i thought this I, I didn't like the. i don't really like the design on them now that's not to say that i'm not going to buy seven boxes and try to put every sticker in a in a Booklet, but at the same time, I wish they could have done something as far as the design of many of the inserts that have been put into the tops digital skate app
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean some of those do- designs are are outstanding I mean they're absolutely outstanding if they could make physical product they i mean that would fly off the shelf, but unfortunately, with their licensing, they just don't have it. I was shocked to see that they actually were able to jump back into a physical market mm-hmm. um, showing not only players themselves, but team uniforms and logos and, you know, the the advertising on the Dasher boards and everything else that goes into having a license. Uh, I was surprised to see that, you know, the, the door opened up for them, but I don't know. I don't know how this one's going to go over. Um, If you ask me, it's kind of designed similar to the 1617 OPG set Mm -hmm. with the white borders and just kind of the plain, you know, nondescript kind of looking. Um, There are four foil parallels. The foil parallels seem to look. I mean, they sort of look like the prism parallels. So I don't want to say they're copying, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's. Look, I like it. You know, the fact that somebody else has been able to jump into the NHL market, I think, is great. Um, You know, competition is good. Does Upper Deck have a sticker product? No.
0: No. Do they Uh, need one?
1: Do they need one? I don't think so. No. Um, You know, Panini's not making it, so Tops is there. So they're really the only sticker market that's out there. I am happy to say that, you know, I'll... I'll be glad to walk into the dollar store and be able to buy something hockey related now. I will I will say that cuz I'm sure the dollar store and the dollar tree and all of those will have will have these nested nicely right next to their counters.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I uh I'm excited about it, you know, partially cuz it's Tops. Um I know Upper Deck just resigned uh an exclusive uh, for an undisclosed number of years. So it's not like tops is going to be able to sneak its way back into the hockey card market anytime soon, but this is a start 1st a I'd like to know
1: the- how they got this.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, usually it has to do with performance. If, if a product isn't performing well, the NHL, the NHLPA is going to say something about that. They're going to notice that and they're going to want to know why, and then they're going to want to know what could be done better. So um, I mean, obviously, the NHL is very happy with Upper Deck because they keep feeding them the exclusive license. And we've we've gotten some good stuff because of that. Um, And in a way now, like Upper Deck is kind of like what Topps was 25 years ago, where we could look at Topps and say, oh, man, they've been making hockey cards for like, you know, since 57. 57- well, no, they didn't do 82, 83, 83, 84 or, you know, maybe Opeachy, right? Opeechee had like a string of like 25 years of sets that were sure. pretty much uninterrupted and then now it's like that with upper deck you know where they've almost been doing it for 30 years so it's it's not like i want them to like oh i wish tops had it and upper deck didn't but i kind of missed those days where i kind of had a choice where like they tried to outdo each other a little bit and you know part of me like kind of misses the fact that like tops made the cards that i collected growing up and they're not really a part of that now with hockey.
1: Right. And, and all we've really had of anybody other than that brief moment of Panini in the last, you know, 15 years tops has been the only ones that have gotten any type of sniff at an NHL license. And that's only with their digital app. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's a different conversation as to how anybody feels one way or another about uh, a digital card versus a real card. Oh but...
0: no, no, no! But you're forgetting about puck attacks. Oh, puck yeah. attacks!
1: I, I, know, I think those... we're all—I think we're all forgetting about that. And remember those rounds? Just... yes, I do. They were round. They did fit in pages, yeah, right? Uh, I still have some of those from Penguin. I Planks.
0: was dumb enough to to try to complete a set and you actually applauded me because you're like oh wow you're gonna we're at a show and not only did i buy a couple boxes of like the booster packs i bought a a box of starter boxes it was like a it was like a case of 10 starter boxes
1: yeah because it was a game right and you had like it was enough to like play the game wasn't it
0: Yeah, the starter box was to play a game. So I bought like 10 starter boxes because there were only certain cards that you could get in the starter boxes. And then I bought the booster packs to try to build the set. And also because there were parallels that you could only get in the booster packs. And it just, it lasted one year and it just wasn't really well received. I want to say it was 10, 11. And um, I mean, for a number of reasons, I mean, I know like with match attacks, the soccer game, they were like cards with puck attacks, they made them round. And of course we know that whenever you make anything that's not two and a half by three and a half, people just instantly hate it.
1: Yeah, that is true. Cause I mean, really, what do you do with them? I mean, the ones I have, they're in a box and then they're turned sideways or they fall flat because yeah. they don't fit in the normal thing. And you, it's not like you can put them in a nine pocket page either. Cause they don't fit in there.
0: You could put them in four pocket pages, but then you have a lot of room left over, so it's not really. Well,
1: and then you have to buy four pocket pages, and who wants to do that?
0: Oh well, I have pretty much all of them, but I, I, but I also collect like postcards and oversized cards. Well, sure. Like that so I like, I like having those different supplies.
1: You collect off the grid, though, so off not many gr- people not many people do that.
0: What do you mean off the grid?
1: You go off the grid. You go like. You know, here's these people collect, you know, this set and this set and this set that are readily available. And you collect like the 1975 Finnish Elite League set that was only released in, you know, Finland in in, in, <laughs> in Siberia somewhere. And there's only 12 sets known to man and you have 11 and a half of them. So... Right.
0: Well, I'm very proud of the fact that I owed a <laughs> Vladislav Tretiak. Semic sticker from 1972, yeah. 73. I mean, I, I don't
1: know. Th- I don't know that many people that could actually say that. So yeah,
0: I mean, if I go. if 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 I could, I'd trade it for his um Russian postcard from the previous year. But uh, yeah, I mean, but that's the thing though is like when you collect for a long time, you have to start looking for other things to collect, and it's just it's a little sad in a sense when like I walk up to a dealer and I'm like what do you got for hockey? And he's like, Oh, I have all these cards from the seventies and eighties. And it's like, well, I pretty much have every card from the seventies. It like, if it's OPC 73 and up or tops 69 and up or 68 and up, I mean, I have it, you know what I mean? So then I have to start looking for those, those off the grid things. And uh, yeah, I'm
1: not knocking it. I'm just saying that's, it's everybody's got their thing. And you know, if, if there's something out there and it's been made, I know that I can pretty much call Sal and say, hey, you ever seen this before? Yeah, I've got seven of them right here.
0: <laughs> well, you know what's funny was like uh, I interviewed a guy for a hockey news article that I'm working on. And he only played – he played three games for the Islanders. His name is Brad Turner. and or His name is Brad Turner. He played three games for the Islanders in 91-92. He didn't have a card. But he had, like, a minor league card. So, like, we were talking, and I talked to him a few times because I was interviewing him for the story. And, like, I texted him a picture of his, like card from like the ECHL or something it was just funny that I I happened to have that you know what I mean because he had like very few cards and I just happened to have one of them which was uh but you know then again I probably found that ECHL set for like a dollar or two dollars at a show and said okay you know like why not I mean it's got a few guys that like um played in the NHL but didn't have cards or a few guys that like were kind of on their way down or whatever. I mean everybody likes what they like and I think yeah the, the oddball stuff is definitely you know, I mean you can only buy the eighty six eighty seven top set once, right? After that it's just all doubles, right?
1: That's that is true.
0: So uh yeah, so it it should be kind of cool to see. Um anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? We're like in an hour. We're like an hour long podcast now.
1: That's all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's listen to this over there next three lunch breaks. Uh, you know, I will talk about this really quick. Um, I, I, uh, early, uh, last week I launched the puck junk shop shop dot puck dot com. Uh, my girlfriend and I designed some t-shirts that look like old school hockey card wrappers. We have four different designs of shirts that look like old school hockey card wrappers. They will actually be in stock this week. Um, I'm getting them in uh, towards the middle or end of the week. So those will be ready to ship. And then we also designed a couple of shirts for hockey players that kind of have jokes that you would, jokes or sayings on them that you would get If you're more of like a rec league player um, and those will be in stock next week. And this is something I've wanted to do for a long time. I've had these ideas for like shirts and um, I don't want to make a million dollars off of the idea. I mean, if I do, that's great, but it's just something that I've wanted to do for a long time. You know, just an itch that needed to be scratched, something I wanted to try. So if you enjoy my, you know, if you enjoy puckjunk.com or if you enjoyed this Podcast, you know, please check out the shop. Maybe consider buying a shirt because it'll help support the site. It'll help support the podcast. I just had to pay a couple hundred bucks to upgrade some stuff for Puck Junk. That's neither here nor there. I would do it regardless because I love doing it. But oh man, I mean, technology is expensive, and hobbies hobbies are expensive, and hobbies about hobbies are expensive. I mean, once you go beyond that free WordPress or or Blogger blog, you know what I mean.
1: Hobbies about hobbies are the worst.
0: <laughs> hobbies about hobbies, yeah. Yes. R- writing about, well, that's how I got my start into writing, and I'm pretty happy with it. Um, but yeah, I, I guess you're right. Um, or as my girlfriend says, your hobby is boring as she watches me sort cards.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I'll agree so, that that's the part I don't like.
1: So where can people go and find these?
0: Oh, the the shirts? Uh, yeah. Shop.puckjunk.com nice nice yeah so here's to hoping um all right that's pretty much it on my end um maybe we'll just save the other stuff for next uh, next time sound good
1: hey if we're gonna if we're gonna get back on the horse we need stuff to talk about next week too right
0: all right awesome well until next week thanks uh thanks for listening to the relaunch of the puck junk podcast uh if you liked this you know please subscribe or click the like button, or post a comment, or I don't know, just anything that uh, that shows that yeah, I I gave this a listen, and uh, we want more, more of it.
1: Send all your hate mail to Salvo.
0: Oh yeah, uh, the good stuff and the bad stuff, I could take it. <laughs> all right, so uh, until next time, thanks again.
1: For more hockey goodness, follow us on Twitter at Puck Junk.